0: Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, I just wanted to tell you that my heart is so full. Thank you so much for helping me celebrate the very first anniversary of the Vision Driven Mom podcast. It has definitely been a labor of love. Um, Seriously, it's been like giving birth, but it's also been so worth the time and effort that it's taken to bring it into existence. I am reminded daily by your reviews and messages of how much an episode touched you or helped you to take a step. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support. Now, in case you didn't know, moms are moving. Yes, the Vision Driven Mom Movement is underway, finally. We are a collective of like-minded moms moving our bodies and our lives forward. Moving our bodies forward with a vision walk, which is, which is phase one of the movement, and moving our lives forward with a life vision, which is what you'll be guided through during the vision walk. Now consider this your personal invitation to join the Vision Driven Mom movement. You can find us in the Vision Driven Mom's Facebook group or go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com for the free vision walk audio guide. We cannot wait to welcome you with open arms. Let's get walking. Now, I'd like to introduce you to an incredible woman. Jackie Latran is a nurse practitioner, author, speaker, and teen confidence expert. She blends more than 20 years of experience working with teens in the medical and holistic settings to provide time-tested practical guidance to help teen girls embody peaceful confidence. Her multi-award-winning Words of Wisdom for Teens book series is considered a go-to resource for teens, parents of teens, and anyone working with teens. I know that you're going to walk away with a tool belt full of tools to help you and your child override the inner critic that resides in all of us. Enjoy the show. This is the Vision Driven Mom Podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman, for moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood, from fear, loss, and heartbreak, to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime, so let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hello, Jackie, and welcome to the show.
1: I am so excited about this conversation today. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. I've been really looking forward to this conversation too. Well,
0: great. It's going to be a great one. I'm really looking forward to it. And I know there are lots of our mom listeners out there who can really, really use the help in this area. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and
1: how you got to be writing these books and, and doing this work with teens? So the work with teens came first. The book was definitely not something I've ever wanted to do. Uh, Being being an author was never in my radar anywhere. So I started um, actually as a nurse practitioner when I was 23 years old. I went to school with the intention of, you know, getting my degree, getting some basic background knowledge and going directly into adolescent health. It was a goal of mine and a passion passion of mine ever since I was young. Mm. And so, for the first, I think I stopped counting and I really should go back and look, but I think the first 16 <laughs> years of my career was in adolescent medicine. Mm-hmm. So, as a nurse practitioner, I was able to, you know, see the, the patient diagnosed and prescribed. And I absolutely loved every single moment of it. Mm. That's what I wanted to do from the get go. And I did that. And part of the journey included owning my own medical clinics for teenagers. I did oh, that wow. for six years. And I actually expanded to a second clinic before I close it down. And um, when I was doing working with medicine, the area that I specialized in was in mental health Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: also in preventing pregnancy and STDs. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, as a teen girl, if you can keep yourself from getting pregnant, from having the negative consequences of STDs and whatnot, Right. and focus on your mental health you are way ahead of the game right especially where i was working which is with very um uh, underprivileged teen girls mm-hmm. and so i did that for a really long time and i felt out of love for medicine when i started hearing this really alarming trend and that was my patients i start hearing my patients say things like if only i didn't have depression i could do xyz no oh. if i didn't have anxiety my life would be different if i didn't have adhd and they would just name off you know a mental health diagnosis and their limitations right and in addition to that i heard the worst for me was like and jackie said i needed to be on these medication and jackie said without these medication you know i couldn't function to my ability right and I felt so troubled by those comments. I felt really guilty because I went into medicine with the intention of helping my patients. And I felt like instead of helping, I was giving them a crutch to not mm. be their best self. Right. I was giving them a reason to not try. I was giving them basically a prison sentence. And so I got really discouraged and went into a little mini episode myself with, <laughs> you know, guilt and depression. Um, but that kind of sparked my interest in looking for other ways to help my patients. Right. And so I kept looking and looking. And at first, you know, like I found all these holistic options like hypnosis and uh, EFT, which stands for emotional freedom techniques and all of these other holistic options. And when I first heard about it, I'm like, BS, there is no way these simple processes can work and can work better than traditional counseling and medication. But I was desperate for something new. So I kept going and I kept researching. I get keep getting certification. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm done with medicine. This stuff is good stuff. Because yeah. as I was learning it, I was transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, as a student, we practice on each other. And the stuff that came out for me during those um, practice sessions are things that I thought I dealt with. Right. Things that I haven't thought about for 15, 20 plus years. But here I am a crying mess. And then, you know, feeling so much better, so much empowered after dealing with this. Mm-hmm. So I gave up my medical practice and went into mindset mentoring. Wow. Well, that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> no,
0: but that's it. But you but all of the, I mean, it's the journey, right? I mean, that it's it's all about the journey. It's not like it just happened. <laughs> you know. And interesting that you're still in the field, right? It's not necessary, but it is medicine too. I mean, in a way it's, it's, it's in a, it's in a mind body medicine way rather than a
1: traditional medicine. Right. So traditional medicine for me, unfortunately is more about the sick care. Right. And what I do and what I love doing is more about well care. It's really about okay so yeah we all struggles we all have our reasons for you know our own struggles but what if you can heal from those things yeah. what if you can truly put them in your past and be present to what is right now and right. that's what I am madly in love with and so yeah I'm still in the the field of caring and helping but just in a way that is much more aligned with who I am now
0: right, right oh, Jackie, I love that story and it's right up my alley.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> all of the things that
0: you talk about the mind body connection and and I would imagine that as you're doing this work with um, with your clients, with your teens and and the you know the uh, the effects that your books are having, is that there is a mind-body connection. And when we are down in that lower frequency, right? If when Mm -hmm. we are feeling depressed, when we are feeling in those those lower vibrations, we tend to have, we tend to experience in our bodies too, a lower vibration. And then when we are able to use our minds to raise the vibration that we're all we're we have that in our body as well can you speak into a little bit into that because i i think that that's kind of you kind of um
1: where you're kind of the combination of the things that you have done Uh yes so For me, the mind-body connection is everything. The mind really controls the body, but also the body controls the mind. Right. So when you are feeling down, you know, one of the things your body will do is shut down. When you're mentally not healthy up here, where you're stressed or anxious or depressed, your body shuts down. It wants to close up as in protecting itself. So your gaze will be down. Your shoulders will be heavy. Your energy will cave in. If you recognize that and you want to do something, all you have to do really is throw your shoulders back, look about the sky and smile. Sometimes it's hard to break those mental thought processes because we think this is who we are. We think we can't control our emotion, which is wrong and wrong. (laughs) Uh, But sometimes in the moment, it's hard to think positive, look for things to be grateful for, you know, because when you're in the thick of it, it's like, no, I have nothing. However, and even in those moments, you still have the ability to lift yourself up um, and create the changes and the transformation you're looking for by using your body, because the mind and the body are so interconnected. So when the body is opening up, your shoulders are back, you're looking up, you're smiling, you're in that strong, powerful position your mind get confused if you're in a negative mind state when your body's happy. Right. So your mind when your mind is confused for that millisecond, you get to decide how you want to show up instead.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes, <laughs> right? I hadn't yes. thought about it that way, but it's true. It's because you can't really have both. You have, you know, so you've got to decide
1: which way am I going to go. You yes, know? and that's why people, a lot of people run it. You know, they they go for a run, yeah. they go to the gym. What are you doing? You're opening up your energy. You're expanding it, right. because again, when you're in a negative mind state, your whole body wants to shut down. Your energy wants to shut down. So you know, the easiest thing to do in terms of your body is what I mentioned. But there's a couple other things that I really enjoyed doing and sharing: jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Right. Perfect. Jumping jacks. I mean, think about right. the, the, the process. I mean, do it right now. If you're in a place where you can do jumping jacks and just notice how your energy expands as right. you're doing something as simple as as jumping jacks. Right. If you like to dance, get up and dance. If you right. don't know how to dance or you have two left feet like me, jump around, just right. be with your body and use that energy to open up. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you're in bed, you're like, okay, I am depressed. I, life is just horrid. I do not want to get out of bed, but I also don't want to feel this way. Right. And I've heard, you know, with Tracy and Jackie talking about it, that you can move your body, but I don't want to get out of bed. I don't have the energy to get out of bed. Guess what? You don't have to get out of bed and you still can use your body mm-hmm. to break that mind pattern. Ooh. So now you're in. Yes. right. <laughs> right. And these are things that are so simple. I wish it was taught in school. I wish it was oh my taught gosh. to younger children. Jackie, everything that you are saying, including
0: that I wish they taught that in school, like everything that you're saying, I'm like, Bing, 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 Bing. <laughs> right, right down to the like the the when you're feeling down, how your gaze goes down, your shoulders go in, you almost go fetal. That's exactly I mean, you're like you're you're speaking. Well, how I speak. <laughs> I <just> love <laughs> I that. Love it. But yeah, so tell us about what you can do when you're in bed and when you're feeling depressed and you're like, oh, you know, if I, if I need to move my body, then that means I have to get out of bed.
1: No, you do not. I mean, if you are able to pull yourself out of bed, awesome. Do it. Right. If you do not have the energy, if you it it's just too much of an effort in that moment to physically get out of bed, you can lay in bed, spread your legs out, spread mm. your arms out. If you ever made snow angels. Do that in bed. <laughs> oh, right? nice. Okay, you, you can mimic jumping jacks in bed. You don't have to get out of bed. I just, love that. <laughs> thank you. Just the act of doing that changes the program in your body, changes the program in your mind. Right. Okay. So you, let's say I don't even want to do that. <laughs> there is still something you can do in bed and not have that much movement. That still is amazing. And again, Use your legs, open up your legs because most of us, when we are in that depressed state or in a heavy, negative, emotional state, we fetal body, we get into that fetal position, right? Get out of that fetal position, lay in bed, lay straight, straighten your legs out, right? You're still not moving a whole lot, you're just shifting a little bit. And here's an awesome thing to do that is so simple put your hand behind your head and just kind of lean into the bed. Okay. I mean, this is a power position if you are sitting or even standing or even laying in bed and you have your arm kind of fingers clasped and then just put it behind your head and just mm. kind of throw it back feel the energy and the power in that
0: yeah that's your heart space right there yeah right that's you're that That's that, whether you put your hands on your hips or you put your hands
1: on the hips when you're standing or be, i haven't yes. even thought about that jackie this is brilliant thank <laughs> you And so now you have some really easy things you can do to take care of yourself in those moments where things feels really hard. You still can use your body to then change how your mind is thinking. And it's not going to like be like, okay, this is it. This is my magic answer. Right. You just have that space. Yeah. And that space is when you decide, okay, so that worked. Maybe I'll put two, you know, one foot outside of the bed. (laughs) the other and maybe I'll sit up and maybe I'll get up and maybe I'll do jumping jacks baby step it there's absolutely nothing wrong with going wherever at whatever level you are take care of you listen to you but also at the same time push yourself just a little bit yeah if pushing yourself hard is not where you are that's perfectly beautiful and fine just stretch a little bit and give yourself that opportunity to learn just how incredibly powerful you truly are
0: Well, and I love that too, because it's the little bits. I mean, I I almost feel like when we try to do that, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to go for a run seven days a week. We fail right? (laughs) because we're not doing it. Like, I love that. I can do this. I can do a snow angels in my bed or I can put my my hands I can I can clasp my hands behind my head in my bed. I can do those yes. little things that will eventually get me out of the bed and if I choose to go for a run great. If I I like to hula hoop. So on on rainy days oh, when I'm not awesome. able to go out for a walk, I do I do the hula hoop and which which feels amazing. But when I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, hmm, I would love to do the hula hoop, but I really am loving laying in bed too. Like you can <laughs> incrementally, and and that's what it, it's the baby stepping it. That's it. We can't, and with um with uh, with anything, any changes that we're trying to make. And I love too that idea that those little bits, like even just the leaning back in your bed with the hands clapped, clasped behind your head, you can feel the difference, right? It's it's it, it, it's it's just that, you know, we start with the little bits. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I, I can feel this little bit of my energy is increasing. I'm feeling better. Oh, yes. I wonder what if, you know, I did run run or what if, what if I did? And I love the, the little bits that, um, that, uh, and I do this with, um, with, uh, with creating intentions too. like, you know, of course you want to create this big, beautiful intention for your life. But what if we started with just the little bits, you know, like finding the gratitude opening up, you know? So I love that. I love that. And that that mind body connection is huge. It's huge. And the cool thing is is that it's it's in the um it's uh it's research that we can go and we f- we can find research about it now. Yes. I mean it's in the it's in the uh, the public awareness, I think, yes. which is yes. really, really helpful and powerful. Um and it is also something that we have to practice every day.
1: <laughs> yes, not a one <laughs> and
0: done, unfortunately. You know, it's not a one and done, but that we have the power to change, and right? I'm putting my hands, clasping my hands behind my head right now. I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> it feels that. good, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels amazing. I can feel it in my heart space and also that, you know, that my solar plexus as well, mm-hmm. you know, that that power center. So one of these, so I have your book, um, I Would But My Damn Mind. And we'll t- I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your book series that I think mm-hmm. are amazing. So we have talked about, up until now, we have talked about things that that, it, all the moms can do. Right. But these yes. are things that we can teach our kids. Yes. These are things that, especially your teenage daughters, before we got on, I was talking about ooh, having a teenage daughter <laughs> in this moment in time in history is something. And we have people like you who can, uh, who can help us support our kids. Um, one of the things that you, um, that you wrote in, um, I mean, the, the book is brilliant and, yeah. um, And I know it's one in a series, but one of the things that you um, that you said that I absolutely love is that you're the boss of your mind. Oh, my gosh, because I hear my daughter say, well, I can't help it. It's just Mm -hmm. the way that I think it's just the way that I that I am like, but no. You are the boss. You're the boss. Can you can you speak a little bit into the book series and how they have how you've been using them to to uh, work with your your teen girls mostly? Right. You do you focus on teen girls
1: um, in my private practice? I work with adults. I work with parents and I work with teens. Teens okay. are actually the minority, but that's my oh. heart and my passion. Oh, OK. Um, I'm in my third career right now, which is being an author. Primarily, I still do right. workshops and I still do speaking engagement because I absolutely love it. Um, But my books are my primary source for reaching and and helping teen girls. Right. right. And so the series I have is called Words of Wisdom for Teens. Mm -hmm. And right now I have four books of the six books. The first three are more of instructional books. And the last three are the journals that goes with instructional books. I really, truly believe in practice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Practice doesn't make perfect, but it makes progress and it makes confidence building. And so you read an amazing book and you're like i'm totally doing this and then you're like but how right
0: what do i do you next? Know?
1: right what do i do next and so the journal really takes you on the journey to really look inwards at yourself where you are currently and then to actually use the skills that are in the book so that you can really embody it in mm. a way that just feel natural to who you are right the first book is called five simple questions to I changed the title a year ago. (laughs) It's five simple steps to manage your mood. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you're talking about with the, I can't help how I feel. This is just how I feel. I can't change it. And that book really talks about, no, that's not true. You can change how you feel. You can decide how you choose to feel. It just feels more natural allowing your feelings to be the boss of you because that's how we've been. Unless we're told, unless we're taught that we are in control of our emotions, we just believe what we hear, which is right. you can't help it. I just emotion because we say it over and over again. And every time you say something negative or positive, you are programming your subconscious mind right. to believe that this is who you are and this is what you're able to do and this is what you're not able to do.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, so that's the first book. The second book is that I would, but my damn mind won't let me love it. The way yep. I like my teens gave me that title. I was telling them what I was writing about and we were just having fun. And a couple of them says, you know, that damn mind of mine just won't let me. And they use other words besides, you know, damn, right. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> uh, I, we, we, we settle on that. And, you know, the teens and I were pretty happy with the title. And the way I look at that book is that it's a primer for your mind. Mm. your mind isn't as complicated as what people make out to be. There's a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of big words behind it. You don't need to know the signs. You don't need to know the big words to know how to be the boss of your mind. Right. And basically, when we're talking about being the boss of your mind, we're talking about the subconscious part of your mind, Mm -hmm. because you have the two areas, the conscious, which is the area that you are aware of, which are, you know, like right now, as you're listening to me talk, as you're tuning into this, you're using your conscious logical mind to process the information to learn new right. things to make decisions about whether what i'm saying really um is relevant to you or not those are all conscious processes but at the same time you're con- consciously processing it your subconscious mind in the background is doing a bazillion more things. Mm-hmm. It's doing things like making sure you're breathing, making sure your heart is, is beating, making sure your liver, your kidneys, every part of you is functioning so that you can stay alive. Right. And at the same time it's doing that, it also takes care of you psychologically, emotionally by making sure that you do not put yourself in risky situations that can cause you harm. hmm Unfortunately to your subconscious mind, change is risky. Change is harm.
0: Right? Right. I love that. That's a, that's an important, that's a a really important point. I think according to your mind.
1: Yes. changes the conscious part of your mind.
0: Right. Right.
1: Because consciously you're like, you know what? I'm done with this. I want to make a change. I need to make a change. And then that subconscious mind kicks in. Don't do it. You're going to fail. Yep. Don't do it. It's going to be a lot of effort for nothing. Don't do it. People will reject you. Right. And so what happens when your subconscious mind kicks in like that to keep you quote unquote safe, you stop. Yeah. Whatever it is that you aspire to do, you stop because it's too scary hearing all the noises here. Yeah. And so in that particular book, I talk about four beliefs that hold all of us back. And we Mm -hmm. all have these four beliefs embedded sorry let me go back four disempowering beliefs that hold us back and cause all of our problems Mm -hmm. when we are able to transform those four disempowering beliefs into powerful empowering beliefs everything changes
0: right right i love that and, and um so can you tell us what those beliefs are
1: definitely and these beliefs they're not just you know one T- we tend to have multiple right. and they love hanging out with each other mm. and they come out at different parts of our life. It's not like we run one or two beliefs every day of our lives. Different things would trigger different belief systems, but these four are in all of us. I don't care who you are. You can be the most beautiful, the most successful, the most well-loved person. And you still have these four in the background. Okay. They might not pop up as often. They might not stay as often or as long. Um, because you might have tools and techniques and support system to get you out of that um, muck, you know, right. than other people, but we all have it. And the first one is a belief of I'm not enough.
0: Mm, and that yes. could be
1: anything from, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not y- young enough or old enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not something enough. Right. And if you have a belief that you're not enough, you tend to also believe that you're not worthy. So I'm mm. not enough and I'm not worthy often goes hand in hand. Right. And, you know, so the third one is I'm not loved or I'm not lovable. Mm. Something is wrong with me. Um, and the fourth one, I think, is actually the biggest of the four. Uh, and this kind of like evolved over, when I wrote first wrote the book, I didn't think it was the, the most, the biggest one, but as I continue to work and learn, I'm just like 100% bought in that the fourth one is the biggest one. Which is i'm not safe Mm. and and, oh so good and that's the one that my my clients argue a lot until i describe and explain it further i'm not safe doesn't mean just i'm not safe someone's gonna hurt my body that's a concern for a lot of people especially with the pandemic right Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not safe there's this disease going out there i could die the people i care about could die or get very sick so that's part of the i'm not safe right but i'm not safe is also, I'm not safe mentally, emotionally. I'm not safe to be who I am because mm. if I share my thoughts and feelings, if I do what I truly want to do, people might judge me. Right. People might think I'm not good enough, that I'm not deserving, that I'm not lovable so you see how those three come right back into. I'm not safe.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. I've been doing a lot of um, first
0: chakra work mm-hmm. and that, yes. you know, that base, um, that base safety. Right. Yes. And and when we don't have that or feel and it's not even like there has to be a, a, a necessary um, um, incident, but just an overall feeling that we develop in infancy, you know, when we're mm-hmm. when we're when we're babies um, anyway, it's fascinating to me, but that's where it starts from, right? It's not, and it's, and I love, love to the idea of the, the, you know, the, the mind doesn't necessarily know the difference between I'm not safe because I'm being chased by a bear and I'm not safe because, you know, I, somebody might make fun of me or that I'm, you know, all of those other things. It's really, the mind is Fascinating, But yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that um, with that fourth one with that safe. I, I do think that that's probably the base of yes. most of our um, most of our beliefs and most of the, the, the reasons that we might stay depressed or or stay in uh, less than life.
1: Yes, because think about it. If you truly embody the belief of it is safe for me to live my life the way I want to live, to express myself the way I want to express, to truly show up authentically, what problems do you have? Right. You'll still have challenges. Yeah. However, when the challenge come on, you're like, okay, I don't like it, but I can handle it. Right, right. I've got this. You no, know, I'd, it's an incredible, powerful place to live in.
0: I think years ago, I saw this, um, this, uh, this meme come through Facebook and it was something like, um, it was an, an anonymous author and it was something like, I have a hundred percent, um, success rate at for, um, overcoming difficult things or something like that. And I like to bring that, like this moment right now, nothing, right. <laughs> so we, we tend to think, oh my gosh, this is most difficult. And then you look back, you're like, oh no, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, I have, you know, I can do this. I can do this. I'm, I can, yes. I can build up my, you know, put my, uh, work into my solar plexus and my in my powerhouse and courage and I can I can completely move through but it's not easy and it's changing
1: patterns it's changing pattern and it starts for me with changing your mindset you can change your physical pattern all you want but unless your mindset is there you will continually battle yourself so working on the mindset to me is incredibly key
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, where do these, um, where do these disempowering faulty beliefs come from? And, and why are
1: they created in the first place? (laughs) So they come from two main pathways. I mean, there are different pathways than the two I'm going to mention, but these are the bulk of where the beliefs come from. The first is significant emotional event. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it is that you've defined as significant in that moment, your subconscious Mind will freak out, right? Right. Your subconscious mind is like, and we're talking about negative right now, of course. I mean, we can have positive, significant emotional events that will create confidence and excitement in us, but we're dealing with the negative right now. So, whenever you have a significant negative emotional event, your subconscious mind is freaking out. Its job Mm -hmm. is to keep you safe, and you are currently in danger, right? So, what your subconscious mind would do is create a belief system surrounding that incidence. And then it's going to create a coping mechanism to go with that. Mm, and the way okay. it creates the belief, it tends to kind of generalize and it almost like catastrophize everything yeah. because again, change is scary. Change is dangerous. If you are looking to change, you will get hurt. That's the program of your subconscious mind. And so let's say you're two years old and you're in your room and it's night and you, you know, you're playing and then you look down under the bed and you saw the monster. And right. you're a hundred percent convinced you have a monster under your bed. And now you're screaming and yelling from mom and dad, and maybe they're in the deep of their sleep. So it took them a little bit to hear you and to kind of really understand what's happening. And maybe it's five minutes until they come to your room. But in that five minute for a two year old, that's an eternity.
0: Right. Right. So
1: in that, that five minutes, that child believed had a very significant emotional event thinking, not only is there a monster that's gonna harm me, no one even care to come and no, get me, right. right? And so those beliefs gets created. And of course, mom and dad comes in and they turn on the light and it's a pair of socks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, and even though the child is totally believed that it's a pair of socks, they already had that significant traumatic event. Mm, right, It's already the seed that's gonna start developing So now if they have another significant emotional event where they feel fearful or where they feel unloved, you know, that compounds it and it becomes a big belief system. Mm. And unfortunately, once you create a belief system, your mind is programmed to look for more evidence to support that belief system. Right. So at two with the sock monster, you have a belief system created that you're not safe and no one loves you you know when you're three and you're going down the slide and you fell and mom is busy in a conversation guess what happens those beliefs get strengthened mm, because your right, mind right. is looking for evidence to support that and so that's the one biggest pathway a significant emotional event mm-hmm. and the second is repetition okay so even if the event itself isn't very traumatic or significant to the person at the moment if it keeps happening over and over and over and over again, you will create a belief system that this is how things are. This is who you are. This is what you have to deal with forever. Right. And so again, once the belief systems get created, it stays with you for the rest of your life. I want you to sit with that for a moment. A yeah. belief system that you created in an instant as a child is what's causing you to react the way you do, the way you experience your life. Currently. as an adult and isn't as that an adult that is powerful stuff right <laughs> it's, it's scary to think about it because a lot of us then aren't taught what to do with it right. right right you are not stuck if you know how to take care of yourself If you know how to start transforming your mindset right. and of course you are also not stuck if all of a sudden you are one of the lucky people that start having more and more and more positive experiences mm, right that challenge the initial beliefs, but then it takes a lot more positive experiences yeah. to challenge one tiny little negative than right. the other way around.
0: Right, right. Now, can you give us an example of a repetitious um, um, experience, some some a simple, basic one that like we can like everybody can relate to?
1: Sure, and this is something that you know, as parents, myself included, um, when I was raising a young child, is very guilty of. Was very guilty of. And it could be something as simple as you know, like my son have a couple of, of different chores he had to do growing up, mm-hmm. and I would say things like, "Alan, you didn't do that. I can't believe that. I'm disappointed in you. Mm, I didn't right. yell. I didn't scream. I didn't hit. I there was nothing horrid about that, right? But you don't, you got to see, I'm disappointed that you didn't study. Oh, right.
0: right. We don't do that on purpose, and we don't even realize that we're doing no. it. And yeah.
1: oftentimes when we're doing, we're actually trying to help them improve yeah. by showing our disappointment so that they understand that there is area for growth, but that just cut a person down like you wouldn't believe, right? Right, right. So that would be a repetition. That's a perfect uh, or example. Just a
0: yeah.
1: Passive aggressiveness, right? It's it's right. like, mom, look at this. I don't have time right now. I have yeah. to
0: work.
1: Right. You know, so I'm, I'm not worthy, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And it's Got not ahead. significant in terms of like you know, when you think of trauma, right, but it's repetitive and it cuts a person down, sometimes even worse than one big trauma.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, that that's a good one, because I think we can all relate. And I hear my I hear my son. Oh, well, I just don't want you to be disappointed I'm like <laughs> didn't do that. Dang, OK, how do I turn that around? So that's my next question. How can we help our teens um, rebuild their confidence and to work through those um, those disempowering, faulty beliefs?
1: So the first thing you want to recognize is that they have those four yeah and not only they have those four you have those four Mm -hmm. so oftentimes when you are interacting with your child you are reacting from your own stories from your own hurt from your own trauma right so the first thing that you as a parent can do is go inwards and Mm -hmm. do some self-healing recognizing that you do in fact have these these triggers and be willing to unpack it and that could be through reading it could be through getting professional help it could be through journaling it could be through meditation there are so many different ways for you to start taking care of yourself right so that's the first part just awareness right a lot of us when we want to change we don't want to do the awareness step we want to go into the action step right awareness is the most powerful action step you can take first yeah
0: you are speaking my language right here because i mean my, <laughs> yes. my i the the reason i do the work that i do is um to so that you can be the mom that you want your children to see yes cuz they're going to get it by osmosis <laughs> yes know? they're going to get it whether you're putting on a happy face or not so um yeah and the awareness is huge yeah i yes. love that okay so start with yourself
1: yes and then again looking at your child a lot of us we look at our children as a reflection of us yeah they are not us they are not doing things to to anger us or to trigger us right how many times have we said something like you know little mary just did that to piss me off Yep. no little mary did that to protect herself because in that moment she felt unsafe Mm. and the way that she took care of herself might hurt you But she didn't do that with the intention to hurt you. She did that with the intention of, I'm hurting so much. It feels like I'm thrown in the ocean and I can't swim. And I'm just paddling like this, trying to survive, right? And so having compassion for where your children are Mm, and being willing to look at them differently rather than as that is who they are, that they are trouble or they are this or they are that. Look at them as a cry for help.
0: Mm, They don't have beautiful.
1: They don't have the tools, they don't have the know-how. And Frankly, most of us adults don't have the tools and the know-how. Right.
0: Isn't that true? Yeah.
1: Yes. And so the the teen are doing these things, even the really risky behaviors. It's really about them trying Mm -hmm. to keep themselves safe in that moment. And Safe might be and and this is not a great example, totally off the cuff. But if they're at a party and everybody's drinking Mm -hmm. for them, safety is drinking as horrible as it sound is, if I don't drink, I'm going to lose my standing amongst my friend. And that would be so incredibly detrimental. That's life and death to me for a teenager.
0: Right. Jackie, I love that you use that example. I mean, of, you know, um, just because in their mind that this is the safe thing to do right in this moment. I I really, I really love that because it's, we, I think we expect are because they're big that we expect our, our teens, especially that, you know, to be adults and to
1: make adult decisions, but they don't have that kind of mind yet. Mm-hmm. And even as adults, you know, how many times have we like drank one too many? Right. right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, mm-hmm. so we, we, we make those kind of mistakes too, because again, in those moment safety feels like belonging because right. for a teenager, mm-hmm. that is the developmental stage. The right. biggest thing for them is self-discovery and belonging. And so they will push those, those boundaries, not because they want to piss you off or hurt you, but they want to know who they are. Mm,
0: they want to right. know what they're
1: capable of. They want to fit in with their friends group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that, oh yeah, you know, have compassion and go, oh no big deal, little Mary, go drink your Mary. Yeah, just go drink. <laughs> go drink. And we'll just smoke um, some cigarettes too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Or vape, Unless, right? I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying have some compassion for where Mary's coming from right. and be willing to set aside your disappointment because your mm-hmm. disappointment is really about you. Right. Because if you really stop and think about it, Mary's drinking doesn't piss you off for any other reason other than I fell her as a parent.
0: Mm, right.
1: If I didn't do that it is enough, exactly it.
0: right. What have I done? Yeah, yes. I haven't done I haven't done X, Y, Z enough. Yes. or I've done X, Y, Z too much or. Yeah,
1: exactly. So in that moment, if you're willing to pause and go inwards, you will realize your disappointment isn't at Mary, it's at yourself for mm. not being the mother that Mary needs to make better decisions. Right. 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 So have compassion for Mary, have a compassion for yourself. Be willing to check some of those triggers. It's OK to be hurt. It's OK to be disappointed. It's OK to be upset, but you can also just leave it at the door for a moment. Yeah. And be fully present with your daughter, with your son, with your child. Right. right? Right. And have an honest, open conversation that leads to creating trust and bond Mm -hmm. versus guilt and shame and doubt. Right. Because most parents will go into the, you know, better than that. I've taught you better. And how many times have we had that conversation?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, not helpful. Right. Don't, don't we just immediately when we do that, we immediately send them into that um that uh, fight or flight response, exactly. like, boop, nope, like closed yes. off, like there's no brain. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: they will either close off because fight or flight is that right. They either right. fight back or they shut down. And yeah. I, as a parent, wouldn't want either. I want them to feel safe. Yeah, I want yeah. them to know that no matter how difficult the conversation might be, that I love them. And that we'll yeah. get through this together. They right. have their consequences that they yeah. will have to work through. I will not fix it for them so that there's no consequences. But I will be a support system, right? Right. right. So again, compassion and putting your stuff aside and having mm-hmm. those those conversations. So Mary, you know, I, I noticed that you came home with alcohol on your breath. What was happening? Mm. You want to ask open ended questions yeah. because if you said, "Did you drink?" guess what Mary will say? (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, open ended question that invites conversation. Did you drink? Okay, so we talked about drinking before. And we had this conversation. And when we talked before you had mentioned that you do not want to drink. In fact, you didn't like it when your friends drink. Mm. But then you make this decision to drink now, what was going on in your mind? Mm. Right? Right get her to express herself because oftentimes she might not even know yeah it just felt like the right thing to do because again the the subconscious mind is working on autopilot right 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 so asking those questions for her to self-reflect and then the hard part is just sitting in your hands Keeping your mouth closed and, and just listening.
0: listen, right? I'm <laughs> learning that with uh, teens is the, um, I learned somewhere the 80% listen, listen 80% of the time and talk 20% of the time. And it's hard because we want to problem solve and like, oh, I got to fix
1: this. Yeah. So let me throw in a, a little kink to that 80-20. Even when you're at 80-20, where you're mm-hmm. listening 80% and, and reacting or talking 20%, most of us are not listening at 80%. Mm, that's true.
0: Because we right? we're thinking,
1: we're thinking yes! about what I'm going to say. What am
0: I going to say yes. for
1: that 20%? Ooh, that's, you just caught me, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're like, we're listening. Just because we're not talking doesn't mean we're listening. Right. What we're doing is two things we are listening to respond,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and right, we're listening right. with our own baggages. Yeah. Right we're not being fully present and fully intentional on this particular conversation with our children. Right. It does take practice but it's definitely something you can do. And that takes a lot of being willing to rephrase because when you start rephrasing things you have to know what the other person is saying, right? Yeah. So if you're catching yourself in your head thinking about your response, take a deep breath, let it go and mm-hmm. be fully present again. Oh, I love a lot of that. High st- Hmm. use a lot of I statement I heard you said you know did I hear this right am I on the right page mm-hmm. can you help clarify those kind of questions again create that safety space for your children to then express themselves and even if they tell you the most horrid thing you know thank them yeah. thank them for trusting in you enough to share that acknowledge how scary it was for them to share that with you right and then ask them okay what would you like to do how would you like to see this resolve not Mm. now you should do this right right
0: how would you oh giving it back to them I love that
1: giving it back to them because it is in our biggest struggles that we create our most valuable learning opportunities that's when we discover how incredibly strong we are Right. If we solve the problem for our children, we take a a huge opportunity for growth and change.
0: Right. Right. So no
1: matter how difficult it is, sit back. And even if their solution is like, oh, no, wrong solution. Keep asking questions.
0: Right. OK, that is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And that's 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 hard for us as parents, you know, because we want to we want to help them do it. And I, I find myself and I've been getting better at just the backing off and letting them take care of it and letting them, which is, but that's a, I'm a problem solver. I'm an Aries too, which makes me want to go right in and you know, like, boom. <laughs> I want to, I'm an action taker, you know, so I want to get in there and help them. And um, it takes a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-control
1: on my part. Now I'm going to give you a mindset shift, right? Okay. Because again, a lot of us parents, we help by solving, right? Let's shift that mindset as we help by helping them discover their strength. Mm. Cause you're still helping, you're helping them in the moment and you're helping them for life, right? Cause the first part, when you solve it for them, you're patching up a thing. You're not giving them the skills. I see a lot of clients who are older um, women and parents, And a lot of them have very low confidence and very low self-esteem and they came from incredibly wealthy backgrounds Mm. where they were given everything right right right. and the the parents did it out of love they wanted to make sure that the children was taken care of physically financially emotionally so they do everything for them and now as adult they have no idea how to function Mm, they're looking for someone to tell them what to do next right yeah and so helping your children is really about helping them grow and really create that confidence within them that they know that no matter what challenge they face they are capable of handling it they, they can might handle not it like right. it they yeah. might not like it they might struggle to do it but they can handle it and they know they can come to you how oh, i
0: love that 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 is fantastic and that's the thing right that's how we help them grow That's how we help them to, um, to be, I mean, you know, uh, the, the, the most important things for me, for my kids is that they're happy, healthy, and they know that they matter and that they can be good roommates that they can be, um, be, um, I heard, um, I interviewed a woman, um, recently, and she talked about conscious, um, conscious citizenship. Right? Mm -hmm. That they can be, that they can make decisions, that they can confidently, even if they don't know how to do it. Jackie, this has been an amazing conversation. I have loved all of that. I completely relate with your work. I'm glad that we met because (laughs) there's a reason. There's a reason that we met. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sitting over here (laughs) taking notes, taking notes. Now, can you tell us about a time in motherhood where you either um, achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible?
1: yeah um that was when i found out i was pregnant That would that that's my biggest overcoming the impossibility Mm. i was 16 at the time and i was anxious and depressed and Mm -hmm. you know even suicidal at times and was making a lot of really risky behavior my mom is a, an amazing mom, but she didn't know how to support me the way I needed to be supported. She was the strict parent yeah. that just say, don't do it. And right. doesn't give me a reason and didn't, didn't support my learning. Mm-hmm. And so I made really bad choices. And, you know, one of the things that I knew I didn't want was to be pregnant because my best friend had a child. And at 16, I knew I didn't want to be pregnant, but I was also afraid of the going to get my pap smear to get on birth control right and so it took me three tries to do that and by the third time i went i discovered that i was pregnant wow oh you were in process okay yes i yeah i was (laughs) i was doing the right thing i just delayed it long enough that the consequences i was trying to prevent happened right and knowing how my mother is being very strict there was no option for me except for an abortion -hmm. And that was not in my heart. That was that went against everything that I knew I was at that time. And so I went home and I wrote an apology letter to my son. Mm. I thought it was a girl at the time. (laughs) But I wrote an apology letter to this unborn saying, I am so sorry, you know, that I have to have an abortion because this Mm. is where my life is. These are my family. These are the values that I have to live under. And I have nothing to give because I'm just a kid myself and, you know, I can't handle myself. I can't take care of myself. Yeah. How can I take care of you? And in the writing process, magic happened. Mm. As, and I still get tears. I mean, and this is happy yeah. tears. I mean, like grateful, gratitude, tears. But as I'm writing, like, you know, who am I to take care of you? I can't even take care of myself. I have nothing to give you. The words came out of me and i says who says that who says i have nothing to give i have love right and if i can love you yes right if i can love you i can do this right and so the letter started out as an apology letter to what i thought was going to be a pregnancy i would have to terminate Mm -hmm. to this discovery of possibilities wow yes and by the end of that letter i felt so powerful I felt like, okay, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge uphill battle, but I did it. Right. So I wanted to share the story um, to bring in a tool that is incredibly helpful in Mm -hmm. your journey, in your transformation healing journey. And that's journaling.
0: Yeah. I was going to say at 16, I had no
1: idea. Wow. (laughs) I just wrote, I wrote from my heart and in journaling do that. right from your heart it's not a time to worry about punctuation and beautiful sentences or you know what if someone read this they'll judge me right from your heart right and you have all the answers you need within yourself
0: yeah I truly believe that too I love that that you had the had the uh the insight to do that at 16 and then I mean in that that's a that's a brilliant example of the power. I'm sure that you use that example when you're working with, (laughs) with kids and like, look what happened. And then I had this child and your son, your son is, how old is your son now? He is 32 years old. He's 32. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that was
1: amazing.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And you did it. You did it. Yeah, I love that story, Jackie. I had no idea. I had no idea that (laughs) story was coming. That is beautiful. Um, And again, I've loved every minute of this conversation. It's been amazing, and so many gold nuggets that I hope that our listeners will maybe re-listen and um, this time with a pen and paper (laughs) and take notes. And uh, so,
1: how can we find you? What's the what's the best way to find you? The easiest way to find me is on my website, and it's just my name, JackieLatran.com. And I'll spell it out because Jackie's is, is spelled kind of different. Okay. It's J-A-C-Q-U-I-L-E-T-R-A-N.com. Perfect. And okay. you can find my work there. You can find my books there. And we didn't talk about this, but my husband and I also had a podcast several years back. We haven't put out new episodes, but the content are evergreen, uh-huh. and there are things that anybody can use at any time. And the podcast is called Stop the Bully Within. Mm. Um, Oh, I love that. Yes, because don't we all have that, that inner voice that is just critical as heck. And so the podcast is geared toward teens and young adults, but parents can use this. Adults can use this. And most of the episodes are 30 minutes long Mm -hmm. with a teaching component and action steps. Because again, I truly believe, in let's do something about this new content that you learn. Right. Um, And so if a person who is struggling right now with, you know, difficulty with some negative thinking, with being their own worst enemies and with wanting to improve themselves, going through the podcast, listening to the episode, doing the action steps can get you quite far. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, the books, we didn't talk about the third book, which is the Jumpstart Your Confidence. Right. But that one I love too because it talks about seven inner superpowers that we all have. Mm -hmm. We were born with so many more than these sevens, but I chose these seven to address because these seven, once you master, you can eliminate self doubt. You can eliminate fear when you embody these seven inner superpowers. And we all have it already. It's not something you have to go buy or anything, it's just something you have to be willing to practice a new way of thinking and a new way of doing things. Right, uh, and I love that. And and here's the thing: you you your
0: books are geared towards teens, but they're simple enough and straightforward that we can all. I'm reading. I'm reading the um, the. I would, but my damn mind won't let me, and I'm. It's in simple enough terms. You know have, sometimes you read books and you're like, wow, this is really way over my head. <laughs> they're in simple enough terms that they're, they can, that your teens can use them, but we can use them too. Like, I think they're universal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They I really think that's are. a beautiful thing about your books.
1: <laughs> they really are. The content in the books are things I teach to my adult clients. I wrote them for teens for two reasons. One is my huge passion for helping teens. Yeah. And two is if you go and look for resources for teens, there are hardly any. They're mm-hmm. getting more available. Right. But in the past, when I started writing, you can go in a bookstore and the self-help section would be filled with, for the person or for parenting young children. Right. And then for the children, yes. there's one or two books. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the way that I write, um, the biggest compliment you can give me in my writing is you write like a fifth grader. I want <laughs> nice. I will even take third right? I really want it to be in very simple language, simple to read and simple to implement. It. That's right. my whole goal. Yeah. Well
0: I, I, want think, you've talk- <laughs> I you. think you've done it. Thank you. You've done that. <laughs> and I
1: definitely, so definitely
0: check out Jackie's books. Check out the podcast. I'm going to and I like to read and listen to things before I um, before I introduce them to my kids. But I'm definitely going to check out your podcast, too, because I think that 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 helps. And, you know, in the digital age, too, that that Mm -hmm. they're used to input so a podcast would be something that something easy that they can that they can listen to while they're yes. i don't know walking or do whatever <laughs> or whatever do, doing their chores that they don't want to do or whatever
1: yes maybe yes. that's a way to get our kids to do their chores <laughs> they can listen to something <laughs> yes and in addition to the um, teaching episodes i also have interview episodes because i want people to share their story just like what you're doing because yeah. i think there's so much power in the story because oftentimes when you're struggling you feel like you're the only person who's dealing with this right hearing that other people went through it and overcame it can give you tools and inspiration and motivation and hope and all the wonderful stuff
0: yeah that's exactly it that's why I do this too that's why that's why the stories right because we learn we learn from each other Jackie this has been fantastic I am so um excited to share this interview and uh thank you thank you for your time your brilliance your work in the world for all of it.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It's been amazing. All
0: right. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy more connection and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive, keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood.
1: Goodbye for now.